Today's focus and podcast will be centered around Galatians 5 and 25. Paul encourages the Galatians to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So that's going to be our focus today, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. There's a reason why Paul is encouraging them to keep in step with the Holy Spirit because in the previous chapters, they were being confused, led astray by false teachers that were as Paul described it, described it as coming in and preaching another gospel, which is not another gospel, but it was a message to confuse them and to cause them to be entangled again with the bondage of walking in the law. Whereas Christ came to set them free, um, there were people in that particular area that were preaching the gospel that they had to be circumcised, follow customs and traditions and and all that. Whereas Christ just says, believe by faith because I died for you and all these rituals and all these um, sacrifices and steps to get to God are not necessary just simply believe by faith. So Paul is kind of disturbed because they started out in faith, trusting and believing God. Then they veered off and decided to become righteous and to become holy by their own works, by their own abilities, by their own natural way. It's like, God, thank you for getting me started in faith. I've got this now. I don't need you. Let me go ahead and perfect myself. Let me go ahead and get myself together. Let me go ahead and grow my own self up. I don't need you or your Holy Spirit any longer. And so this was disturbing to Paul. He said, because you you were doing so well. And what happened? <laughs> you were doing so well. You were walking by faith. You were trusting God. You were believing and serving in this new walk with Christ. And now all of of a sudden, you think you can be made perfect by your own abilities, by your own practices. So you're in, in, in the long run, basically Paul is saying that you're, you're now saving yourself through your works. And this is truly a faith walk. And then Paul goes on to encourage them to, you know, that they have been known, they they know God. But not only do they know God, they are known of God. And that is such a huge point. We know God, but most important is that we are known by God. He knows us now. We are recognized by God through the sacrifice and the shed blood of Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection, redeeming us from the hand of the enemy, Satan, and restoring us back to God. 
So we are truly known by God. There are some people that are not known by God. In Matthew 7 and 23, Jesus is talking to his disciple and he's, you know, speaking in parables again. And he concludes with, um, I never knew you. There'll be those who stand before God and God will say that I never knew you. And they will say, their response will be, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? We did wonderful miracles in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We did all this in your name. And God will respond, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So that's a huge indictment, (laughs) you know, against these people who proclaimed and professed to know God or to to be you actually to be doing his will and to be doing the works of God. So now it's not we understand that back to what Paul is saying that is not of works that we are known by God but it is simply by faith, trusting, and believing God. And it seems like these folks that were being addressed in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 23 were basing their ability of works to be known by God, to be pleased by God, you know, to be pleasing to God. They they chose works. And, you know, it is happening today right now in our society People are so busy with ministry. They're so busy with their 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 works and their you know business of the church. And if you peel away all those works and you just present the person, how many of these groups and, and persons actually are known of God? because they're actually doing the will of God. They're living by faith and they're not sacrificing their families, their marriage relationships, their relationships with their children, their relationships with people to do works. People are more important than works. As a matter of fact, there is no ministry without people. And it's not the ability to teach a good Bible study or to preach a good sermon or to serve in a certain ministry but at the end of the day it's how you treated people as you served in the ministry did you did you walk by faith in love faith works by love or did you just do it because it was a duty this is my job I'm the boss I'm the pastor I'm the leader this is what I do now let me go home I'm not concerned about the needs of the poor. I'm not concerned about the needs of the disenfranchised. I'm not concerned about the needs of the widow, those who are suffering, those who are sick. I've preached my word, taught my message, did my due diligence according to my call on my life, the position that I operate in as a pastor, as a teacher, as a servant. I I did my 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 duties now let me go home don't call me don't disturb me don't send me messages don't tell me about people needing their rent paid people needing food people needing to be clothed people needing me to take time to stop to pray 
in a spirit of compassion for them, feeling and being empathetic for humanity. No, I've done my job. After all, I'm a bishop. I'm a preacher. Don't you know? I have my title. I have my papers. I have my degrees. Um, I've, I've, you know, occupied this position for such a long time. But, you know, I wonder if these are the people that God's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you because you didn't do my will. The will of the Father is that we walk by faith expressed through love for others. The Bible also says that they will know that we are Christians, not by our degrees, not by the positions we hold or how many, how much money we gave to a ministry. But he says at the end of the day, they're going to know you are Christians. My disciples, my followers, by your love. For it is love that is the defining factor. It is love. It is that proof and evidence that gives us a way that exposes us where people will say, your speech betrays you. It is evident. I see that you have been with Christ (laughs) because of the way you talk, the way you handle people, by the way you live. It is evident. Your speech betrays you. You have been with Christ. And so we should all be encouraged and it will behoove us to check out our love life, to check out our love love walk. It is an ongoing daily process. None of us, none of us as Christians who name the name of Jesus Christ, who walk in the kingdom, can ever say that we have arrived that I finally got it together. There's nothing else to do. You know, we're daily being perfected. We're daily and constantly being delivered. We're growing in Christ daily. We grow from glory to glory and from faith to faith. So when you think you got it together on this level and you feel comfortable, I finally, you know, have arrived in this area. I don't sin in this area anymore. I don't offend God in this area anymore. And I want to pause and just say this thing about offending God. Whatever we do at the end of the day, we have offended God. Because when we hurt his people, when we don't do his people right, and when we don't treat his people right, it offends and hurts the heart of God. So we owe him an apology, as well as the people we have hurt and offended. And sometimes we can't even get back to the persons that we have hurt and offended because they perhaps have moved on. They're no longer in our life, but God is always there. And when you recognize the fact that you've mishandled, mistreated his people in any kind of way, we owe him an apology. We owe him a a a response of, please forgive me. I repent. I'm sorry, Lord. Help me to do better. That I hurt you. That I did not do what you required of me. So, yeah. So, back to the lesson. Keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, with God's Spirit. 
How do we keep in step with the Holy Spirit? Well, there's something that we have to do, responsibility that we have to take on our part, which is abiding in the Word. Abiding in the Word versus read your Word every day. Read it with the with a pen and a notepad. If it's just five verses a day, in those five verses, write down what you see God doing, what you see, you know, in the context of, of whatever's going on in those particular verses. Then what does it say to you? How does it encourage you? Where do you need to change? Where do you need to ask God for prayer or strength in this area to be made like that or not to do that or to praise God for how he has done this in your life. If you find a scripture where you, you're reading about something that God has already did in your life, write down how you're thankful and how you appreciate the change and to continue to change you and to make you better. There's never a time, never a time when we open the word of God that we will not find ourselves. If we read the word with a spirit of expectation and prayer to to God that his Holy Spirit will enlighten our eyes of understanding, will reveal to us truth, will speak to our hearts, quicken us to truth that is in the word because the word is alive. You can read the same scripture 50 times and in every Time, the Holy Spirit will reveal from a different angle, from a different level, based on where you're at in your heart, in your mind, and even in your day. Based on just where you're at in your day, the Holy Spirit will speak a different word of comfort through that same verse. Or he will reveal God in such a magnificent way because God is so vast. He's so mighty and he's so powerful. We never, one revelation doesn't expose and give the all conclusive inclusiveness of God and who he is and his nature and his character, his heart, his love, his compassion. So even in that, when we abide in the word and we read the word with an expectation to to hear from God that's helping us to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. We're setting the atmosphere to have fertile ground to be able to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And one way to do that is to abide in the Word. The next step is to do the word. Mary, the mother of Jesus, told the disciples when they were out of wine in John chapter 3, St. John chapter 3, she says to them, whatever he says unto you, just do it. So when we read the word of God, read it with the intentions that I will do your word. I'm going to do this word. I'm just not reading it to do my daily duties check off, check, well, I read the word today, I made notes today, I studied the word with no intentions whatsoever to do it, 
to change, to be healed, to seek God for healing, to seek God for forgiveness, to seek God to clean, to to search your heart. So if we're going to abide in the word, then we have to next step, do the word. James said, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving ourselves. Don't just mentally assent to the word of God. Don't just be like this. Oh, amen. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. That word was good. That was a good sermon. Amen. That's being a mental assenter. Take that a little step further and not just amen it, just not agree that it's good, but apply it to your life and be a doer of the word of God. Do it. So then after doing it, we want to speak it, connect it with praying it, speaking the word of God. And this is a process. Everything is a process. So don't overwhelm yourself and give up and get frustrated. This is a process. These are steps that we take throughout our whole life to grow in God, to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So in speaking and praying the word of God, instead of complaining about our situation what does the word of God say in response as it applies to our circumstances and what we're dealing with so we can take the word of God and speak it and believe God that even in this situation like the scripture I'll use this as an example we all know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But in the face of adversities, tough times, and pressure and suffering, we can pray that word and go to God in Jesus' name. It says, Lord, I thank you that I can do all things through Christ Jesus because he is strengthening me. I can't do this in my own strength. I don't know how. It's hurting me. It's offending me. I feel angry at times, but I thank you, Lord. I submit to your word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you. I believe you're strengthening me and helping me above me, beyond me, beyond my emotions, beyond what I feel, what I'm thinking. I submit to that strength. Thank you for strengthening me. And I'm telling you, as you go on your day, you'll be like, at the end of the day, I actually made it through this day. God helped me. The the circumstance didn't change. The situation didn't change. The people didn't change, but I changed. I made it through. I didn't quit. I didn't give up. I didn't go off on someone. I didn't tell them what I felt. I didn't speak my mind. I did not have an attitude. I, I did what I was supposed to do because the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ undergirded me, supported me, held me together. I didn't lose my mind. And I didn't go crazy. Strength from Jesus Christ. Just strength from Jesus Christ. And that's just an example of the word of God. God said if we speak his word, he hastens, he's quick, he gets on the case to perform it. When he hears us speak the word and not the problem and the complaint and the issue and the circumstances, that doesn't do anything. But when we release the word of God by faith and we release our faith to God, 
according to his word of what we're believing and standing on as it is spoken in the word of God. God moves on our behalf. I believe that he releases the angels according to what we speak out of our mouth. We have the ability through the word of God to set our atmosphere and to change things. First of all, it changes us. It changes us even to hear from God where we may be wrong about a situation, where we're so angry and fuming and heated about a circumstance and situation. When we calm down and we submit to God and we pray the word of God, then it gives us the opportunity to fall in line with the in in step with the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit can then lead us and guide us and say you know you should forgive you know this if you had just waited on me or you know the Holy Spirit doing these things causes us to make our hearts sensitive, to hear the Holy Spirit, to settle down, to calm down so that we can be corrected, encouraged, counseled, advised, disciplined, trained by God's Holy Spirit. Every moment is a teaching moment. The Bible says that all things work together for our good because we love God and we are the called according to his purpose. It doesn't feel good (laughs) at times, but it's working together for our good. So I have learned that even in the face of adversities, when I calm down and I pray and I submit to the Holy Spirit, then he'll begin to tell me, you know, Tony, I want to work in this area because this is the problem and this is why this is bothering you and this is why you feel like you feel when a circumstance or situation comes and is presented to you this way. I am using this situation to work that fear out of you, to work that area out of you where you feel intimidated all the time and you feel like you can't overcome and you feel I want to heal that area and I've allowed this circumstance and situation to occur to arise not to hurt you or to harm you but to help you to develop you and to grow you up so that you will be a greater blessing to those whom I bring across your path and send your way. So I have learned and I'm learning, I'm constantly, constantly learning to submit to God when things have hurt me, people have hurt me, have even angered me and frustrated me to the point where I wanted to give up. But at the end of the day, at the end of the moment, I submit to God and I ask, where am I at in this? What are you trying to teach me? What am I not hearing? Where am I overstepping my boundaries? Where have I not listened to you, Father God? Help me, Holy Spirit. Change me, oh God. And you know what? He does. He helps me. And I'm not offended by God's correction. I'm so thankful that he corrects me, that he doesn't allow me 
to remain the same, that he doesn't allow me to sit in my mess, in my stupor, in my whatever area I'm in to just leave me there. He changes me. A lot of times when we're crying out to God because of the outside oppression, it's to get us to turn our hearts to God because he's been knocking on the door of our heart for a good while. And we haven't heard. So he'll allow the fire to be turned up just a little. Just so we'll be a little more uncomfortable. And that discomfort drives us to seek the face of God. To do some examination on our attitudes, our dispositions, and our hearts. Our motives, the way we think, the way we perceive, and the way we handle situations and respond to situations and the way we respond to news, the way we respond to suffering, the way we respond to tests and trials. He helps us and he perfects those things that concern us because he is committed. He is a God who loves us and he is committed to make us whole in every single area of our life. God is committed to make us whole, healed, and delivered for his glory so that when we handle people and we minister to minister to people and we touch people and we bless people with our lives, we're not hurting or harming them or damaging them through our insecurities and fears that we operate in, that we present the word of God with healthy hands, with healed hands, and with not hands of manipulation and control and fear and viciousness and jealousy, but that the word of God is delivered through love and that people will feel the love of God flow through the very words that come out of our mouth because it encourages them, even though it may be a tough word, it encourages them through love to change, to repent, to turn, to, to, to be saved, to grow up, to stop what they're doing. Because God will position us in places in the world to speak a word to people, to stop, to change, to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered. And it's important that the premise and the the ground, the foundation that we operate out of is from love and not manipulation and control and, and about us getting the glory and about us being seen and about people applauding us and patting us on the back. But it, at the end of the day, it's about God being glorified to you be the glory oh God for the things that you're doing in me, through me and round about me. To God be the glory. So God, through certain circumstances and situations in us keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, will use situations and circumstances to perfect us, to try us, to search our hearts, to find what is in us and to take out those things, those impurities. Hallelujah. That are not pleasing to God, that are not advantageous and are not good for where we're going. 
Actually, they're damaging for where we're going and they'll lead us into destruction if we don't change in the areas that we're going to, that God's going to send us to, that God's going to use us, whether it be a job in the marketplace, in our homes, in our marriages, with our children, with our gifts and talents and abilities and so much creativity person can have so much creativity and giftings and be so eloquent in speech and just wonderful but their love life is horrible they're nasty they're they're uh, short-tempered you know so it's about God perfecting us so it's important that we keep in step with the Holy Spirit and, and these three things that help us to keep in step with the Holy Spirit is to abide in the word, to hear the word, to do the word, speak the word, to pray the word, release our faith to God so that the, we can keep in step with the Holy Spirit. The next episode will be um, addressing other methods that keep us in step with the Holy Spirit and will also address those things that hinder us from keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. And the whole thing about keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is sent to comfort us, to lead us. He is sent to guide us into all truth. He only speaks, like Jesus said, he only speaks what he hears the Father say. And the Holy Spirit hears what the Father says and he speaks it to us. And if we can't hear the Holy Spirit, we won't know what the Father is saying to us in terms of direction for our lives, for correction, for training, for discipline, for encouragement, to be blessed, to be healed, to be delivered. We won't know. So it is important that we keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So I would like to encourage us through the Holy Spirit helping us to keep in step with him. God bless you. I pray God blessings upon you. And I pray you have a wonderful, amazing day. God bless you.